I accepted Christ when I was eight years old, but I didn't really get to know him until I got older. And it wasn't that I was out of church. I had doubts of faith, but I live with my parents and they say, you go into church if you live in here in my house. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number 12 as we kick off February together. And in this show, is there a book inside of you waiting to come out? There just might be. On the subject of books, we'll be meeting a best-selling Christian author who isn't afraid to deal with the hard issues, and we'll find out how she keeps her walk with Christ fresh. Do you need encouragement today? I got some for you. And what to do about burnout. I'm John Fugler on the exit ramp of the Performance Christianity Highway. I'm an author of a devotional series called Your Life with God. There are 30-day devotionals. A husband, a father, grandfather of eight, and most importantly, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Look it up in Philippians 3.8. I'm also the CEO and founder of Fresh Faith 24-7. We lead you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. So here we are in February, and I thought, hey, you know, Valentine's Month, let's get a Christian romance novelist on the show. You think I'm kidding? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) Okay, before we get there, uh, if you haven't got a chance to hear last week's show, uh, you got to go back. Uh, I'm telling you, the interview with American Idol finalist Phil Stacey was amazing. He talked about how he almost got killed in his own driveway. Uh, how he is verbally beaten up by Christians when he was on American Idol, and how these two experiences changed his life. Amazing. It turned his life around for Jesus. So episode number 11, and uh, the topic is worship. If you haven't heard it yet, please go back and listen to it. So our guest this week is a best-selling author, and since we've got an author on, I thought I'd raise the question here. Have you ever wanted to write a book? My first book came out, I think, three years ago. And it was something I wanted to do, and I wanted to do, and I wanted to do. And finally, I did it. It was that first book, that was the breakthrough. You just got to get started. Well, no, that was not three years ago, but I think it was about five years ago. And it wasn't a Christian book. It was a sports book. And I thought about it, and I thought about it, like I said, (laughs) and finally, I did it and got it out there. And I realized it's not that hard. And so I I come to you and saying, you know, is is there something inside of you you wanted to write a book? I I looked up uh, some information to see why people don't write books. And I could identify with, with some of these, the top reasons why most people don't write a book. See if you can identify with these. Self-doubt, discouragement from other people. Can't get anybody on your team here who just push you forward. Uh, Lack of discipline, takes time to write. Lack of time. Uh, Lack of knowledge of the process. 
I didn't know how, and you probably don't know how. So I Googled the process. That's what I did. I really did. And I found my way through that first book. I did everything. I set it up. Uh, I uploaded it, did it through Amazon, uh, registered, did all that step by step. And man, I Googled a lot to, to get that done. Another reason that people don't write a book is the cost. And nowadays, that's not a big deal. Uh, seventh is fear of success. Fear of success. And on the other side, the eighth reason is fear of failure. Fear of success, and you got fear of failure. <laughs> that's weird, isn't it? Both of those. And then finally, uh, number nine, writer's block. can understand that, right? Well, push those aside. I understand those. Went through some of those. Uh, interesting to hear what you might think, what are things holding you back. But I want to give you five reasons why you should write a book. Five reasons why you should write a book. Uh, one of the reasons is a personal one. You get a chance to, to leave your message to your family. What's in your heart? What's in your mind? What's God doing in your life that you want to share with your family? So even if it's a book just for them, write it. Your book's going to outlive you. So do that. Second, you have a story to tell. Uh, might not be your story. <laughs> Maybe you want to write a novel, but tell the story. I got a friend who writes novels all the time and he's, uh, it's just an outlet for him. So now he publishes them and you might be able to do that too. You have a, you have a story, whether it's yours or, or a novel. Um, the third reason why you should write a book is that it's not that hard these days. I went through the uh, Amazon route and they've got it all set up for you to be able to do it. No cost to you. And they have a step-by-step -step process. And what you can't figure out there, you can Google. Uh, fourth, fourth reason that you want to write a book is uh, don't die with God's lessons inside of you. Uh, what the Lord has taught you through the years and what you might want to share with others may only be a 20 or 30 page book, right? <laughs> you say, I don't have much to write, but it counts. So don't die with God's lessons inside you. And then fifth, it's inspiring. There's nothing like coming to the end, the finished product, and you put it out there and it is real. It's so inspiring. God will do a work in your life as you're writing it. And then when you publish the book, so go ahead and, uh, those are just five reasons why you should write a book. And if you got any questions about that, say, well, man, where do I start? What do I do? Go ahead and ask me. I'd be glad to get you started. Just email, email me at john at freshfaith247.com. Freshfaith247.com. And I might be kind of poking you right now. And you, you now you said, wow, John, you're, you're, the Lord's using you to speak to me. I've been thinking about this book. So get it out. You're going to learn more from our author in this interview too, about what she went through and her process. It's different for everybody. Different for everybody. Uh, let me switch gears here and just ask, kind of switch gears and ask if, if you get distracted when you're having your quiet time, you know, squirrel and, or the phone, you know, buzzes or something happens to divert your attention, you get distracted. Yeah, we all do. Um, I've got a resource that'll help you stay focused. And this is a resource. It is a book. I have. It's a book I published, and it's for you. It's a devotional guide that'll draw you into seven areas of the Christian life. 
and I want you to have it. Uh, I wrote it to help you personally engage with Jesus, to renew your relationship with him. If you're having a tough time with your quiet times, and here's something solid that you can use to get back on the right track for 21 days. It's the 21-day Fresh Faith Experience. If you want it now, you can have it. It's an ebook. You just download it digitally, and it's uh, you just go to my website, and in the menu, you click on 21 Day, my website, freshfaith247.com. It's only $100. No, <laughs> it's free. I want you to have this. I want you to have a good quiet time. Get back on track here. If you have a great quiet time now, go ahead and download this anyway, because we all have our ups and downs. We have our dry times. Uh, you can have it in minutes because it's digital. And you can take it wherever you go. Just put it on your device, wherever you want to use it and go through it. Please do that. Go to freshfaith247.com. And I, I'll tell you, for in just 21 days, for five minutes a day, you can jumpstart your relationship with Jesus. Uh, I cover joy, faith, encouragement, prayer, courage, attributes of Jesus, rest. Uh, you just dive into that five minutes a day. Here's what one person said about uh, my devotional, uh, a similar devotional for my 30 Days uh, with God series. Uh, they, they said, I don't remember buying this. <laughs> they really did. I went and read one of the reviews. <laughs> and they said, I don't remember buying this. And they gave me a bad review. <laughs> I go, wow, how did you get it if you didn't? Like you must have bought it. <laughs> um, and that's absolutely true. So let me give you a good review. Somebody said, this little book has made a big difference in my life. This little book has made a big difference in my life. So the 21 Day Fresh Faith Experience is similar to my Your Life with God series. It follows the same kind of slow, a flow. <laughs> and go to freshfaith247.com and click on 21 Day. It's also a link in the show notes. And you get a free membership in Fresh Faith 24-7 as well. Uh, and I've mentioned that I'm about ready to, to put this away and bring something else in as far as an offer. So this won't be available much longer. You may want to hit pause and go get your 21 Day Fresh Faith experience right now. We're going to get into our author interview, our special guest. And boy, she she is uh, animated and she's got so much. She's so creative, so creative. And I want you to hear from her in, in just a few minutes. But I want to encourage you as we lead into that interview with a few words about that. You might need encouragement right now. This whole COVID thing just throws a whole family off. Uh, put you out of work for a while, and it is discouraging, kind of wears on you. So let me just share this with you on to encourage you a little bit. I remember there was a, a period of time where it was several days of rain and gray, and I woke up then one morning to a bright, be beautiful blue sky. It, it was fantastic. What a contrast. The, that, that contrast lifted my spirits immediately. I'm a blue sky, sunshine kind of guy. It affects my emotions. And that day there wasn't a cloud to be seen. I felt like I could peer into the heavens. I was charged up to head into the day. You know, that sun, sunshiny day. We need some of these this winter, don't we? And I, I thought about what Jesus does for us. He says, I am the light of the world. He says that in John 8, 12. 
And there's nothing more wonderful than the light of Christ shining in our midst. He shines in the darkness. He shines in the dullness with his supernatural light. He gives us his his bright perspective, his eternal hope. It's that contrast, kind of like that contrast that I saw when I woke up that day. And you notice in John 8, 12 that that he said, uh, he said that he is the light. Not that he shines the light. When we're in the presence of Jesus, he lights up everything, even on a cold, dark day. In fact, it's on those dismal days that we need his light more. It's in those days we're feeling down, days we just are discouraged, that we need his light. His light shines so bright that he frees us from the discouragement that presses in on us. In that same verse, Jesus tells us that he infuses light. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And that morning, I remember that I I looked above the horizon to gaze at the blue sky all around me. Uh, And with a deep breath, I just took in that view. Seemed like it went forever. The trees seemed sharper in the warm sunlight. Have you ever had one of those days like, wow, everything is, is crisp, it's clear. The air is just totally clear. It's just one of those days. Step into the presence of Jesus. When we do that, Let's let his light shine on us. Let him shine on your day. See life in his light rather than letting the dark things of life dominate your view. And we can do that these days, right? We can let those dark things dominate our view. But we need to look above the horizon, above our troubles, our obstacles, our burdens and pain. Even if we're down right now, you're listening and you got COVID and you're going, I just feel miserable. And I understand that. Let Jesus light the sky. Let Jesus light the sky. He will. He promises it. Come to him in prayer. Do you long for the light of life? No matter what the circumstances, Jesus' light shines. That's a promise. He's conquered Satan and sin. His light gives us an eternal perspective. He's the one who rules the heavens and the earth. He shows us the big picture when we're in his presence. He gives us hope. He gives us confidence. And you know, he does this in a supernatural way. When the light of Christ shines in and around us, it changes our heart. It changes our life. As I shared that truth with a friend, uh, he texted me a blessing. I want to share this with you. I got this written down here. He's shared a blessing that actually comes from the Old Testament, from Numbers 6. He says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. I would just encourage you as you continue in this day to walk in the light of Christ and be encouraged. This month in our Fresh Faith 24-7 membership, our our theme is encouragement. So we're going through that together and I hope and pray it's a it's a great month around that theme. If you want to join us, then make sure you check us out at freshfaith247.com. Let's go into our featured interview now. And I had a blast talking with Parker J. Cole. Wow. She is a best-selling author. Uh, she does a whole lot of other things too. And she really opened up to us. Let's go right into that interview now. 
Our guest is one of the most creative people I know. Parker J. Cole is a best-selling author. She's a speaker, a radio host, and she says she's got an obsession with the Lord, and that's good, but also adds these things, Star Trek, K-dramas, anime, romance books, old movies, speculative fiction, and knitting. Wow. I talk about creativity and, and variety. Uh, she's uh, got an on and off Mountain Dew habit and marshmallows too. Oh boy, that's quite a combination. And she says she writes to fill the void, the sugar left behind. So we all know an effective way to diet is writing. We're going to learn about that. But uh, Parker, thank you for coming on the show. And thank you much, so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. Going into this, I, I mentioned to our listeners about writing, you know, writing a book and the reasons we don't write. And then I gave some reasons why we should uh, write a book. And so Parker, you've got 33 books out there now, 33 novels. You got two more coming out. In fact, uh, this month, I mean, that's a lot. How long have you been writing? <laughs> I have been writing since I was a child. I am one of those people blessed to know that when I grew up, I wanted to be a writer. And this is highly significant, John, because a lot of people are still searching for their purpose. But I have always wanted to be a writer. It was never a doubt in my mind that that would happen. I like to say I was born with ink in my veins. I dripped ink. It fell from my fingertips. I can remember writing and reading very young. It's always been a part of my life. I would say I'm more of a reader than I am a writer because I love books. Books take you to so many different places. You learn so many different things and your mind just expands and expands expands and expands as you read. So that's one thing. So, so re my, reader writers have to be readers too, I guess, for especially on the creative side. Oh, for sure. Writers should definitely be readers, but readers aren't necessarily writers because you may be able to read a good story and analyze it, but I've seen readers turn into writers and unless they take creative writing classes, <laughs> it doesn't always go well because you'll start reading their work and you go, wow, you have two different tenses in one sentence. Okay, <laughs> that makes sense. So writers should definitely be readers because you do want to pour into others' career, just like you want someone to pour into your career by investing and ingesting your work. But readers aren't necessarily writers. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so your genre is uh, Christian romance novels. How did you pick that? Well, here's the thing. I didn't know Christian fiction existed because I always read everything else. I read romances. I read Stephen King. I read all sorts of books. So it wasn't until late 90s or 2000s, I got lost coming home from church. And so if I get lost, I enjoy the ride. Okay. So I got <laughs> lost and I'm going down a major highway and I look and I saw a store sign that said family Christian stores. I had never known this store existed. And I walked into the store and I saw a row of Christian romances. I thought I was going to come up with something new. I thought I'll be the first author to write a Christian romance. And there they were already there. And the first Christian author I met, her name is Darlene Mendrip. 
I read her first book and I said, oh my gosh, you can have the lighter stuff with all the heavy stuff, you know, even though I continued to read that, but it was having that option. I didn't know you had that option. So that's how I got into Christian romance. I started reading it. And then uh, when I lost my job in 2010, I had a book on my computer and I had an ancient artifact, you know, called a five and a half floppy disk. Uh, (laughs) And then I transferred that to another Roman artifact called a three and a quarter (laughs) floppy disk. And after I lost my job, I said, I am sick of seeing you on this computer. I want this out. And at that time, it was a Christian horror story. Because again, I I grew up reading Stephen King. So go figure. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know again, I thought I'm going to like blaze the path of Christian horror and then found out, yeah, Frank Peretti already did that. Decker already did that. A few others have already done that. (laughs) So I didn't know this industry existed until about the late nineties. So that's how I got into it. Wow. Wow. And so you, you're one of those who had that book there and was just sitting there and you just couldn't, you just couldn't get it published. 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. I did not get that out there for 10 years. And I say that to encourage one of you out there. You have had that book on your computer, in your little desk, by the window. You've had it in your mind for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Get it out there. So why? Why didn't you publish it for 10 years? There are a number of reasons why people in general don't publish. And I'll just give a few of them. One of them is financial. I have to work. I have to make a living. I can't make a living being a writer. Another one is self-belief. My story is so stupid. No one's going to read this story. No one cares about the words I have to say. Another one is life circumstances. Some people deal with illness. Some people have to take care of other people, jobs, things happen. And another one, which is actually comes to it, is fear. Fear of putting your book baby out there. If you put your book baby out there, all of a sudden, people get to look at it. It's like giving your own child to someone. Hi, look at my baby. Is she pretty? And someone goes to your baby. Your baby is not cute. Mm-hmm. Oof, your baby. You, first, we want to go throw down and throw them against the wall or something, right? But all of that adds up to the barrier is me. I did not put my book out there because of me. Yes, there may be some legitimate reasons, but I am my own barrier. I hold myself back. So that's what it all adds up to. And sometimes taking that leap of faith, despite how you feel, despite the circumstances, despite the doubts, is what will push you over to the top. Because I took that step back in uh, 2010 because I took that step because I lost my job. I am now talking to you because mm. everything happened when I published my book. Mm. Let me go back even further and um, talk about your, your testimony, how you came to Christ. I am a preacher's daughter. So I was always in church, especially back in the day, but I accepted Christ when I was eight years old but I didn't really get to know him until I got older. And it wasn't that I was out of church. I had doubts of faith, but I live with my parents and they say, you go into church if you live in here in my house. <laughs> so there was no way to get away from God. You know, some people have doubts of faith and they leave church for 30, 40 years. You know, <laughs> I didn't have that option. <laughs> so I had to go. But throughout, through it all, um, my faith increased And it actually continues to increase when you have different things happen in your life. I almost believe that when we're not so righteous, it's when the Lord is closest to us. 
And what I mean by that is when we make mistakes, and I had that happen to me recently, I messed up really bad. I had an opportunity. I totally messed up and I lost the opportunity. And I felt so guilty because there was no excuse for it. It was literally during, during this time that the Lord drew me even closer because I had to deal with my own self reclamations. I should have did this. Why did I wait? Why did I procrastinate? And when you can't blame anybody but yourself, that is the hardest person <laughs> to forgive is yourself. So my faith is renewed daily. It's renewed all the time, particularly when I have seen the Lord take so little and bring so much. When I look over the journey of who I was back in 2010 to who I am now, I never saw this. You have to remember I just wanted to be a writer. I had no idea I would do broadcasting. I had no idea I would be doing speaking engagements. I had no idea that I would be able to reach out to other authors in the world. So it's amazing what God does with a willing heart and just a little bit. He doesn't need a lot. You touched on uh, your broadcasting and uh, you're, you're an author and a speaker, a radio host. Tell us a little bit more about that part of your life. As a speaker, I get the opportunity to talk to people about writing sensitive topics in Christian fiction. It's more accepted in general fiction, but in Christian fiction, there are topics that are considered taboo. And I make it okay for people to approach them because some people feel Christian fiction should be safe fiction. I don't have that stance, okay? But I also understand that there are some people who only want to explore good things are good, pure, and perfect. I understand that as well. So I advocate for both sides. And that's interesting because there's a time when I didn't, but I talked to a young lady and she helped me to really focus and detail my stance on that. As a radio host, I showcase Christian authors worldwide. I have been doing that now for the past nine years. So I've talked to authors in Australia. I've talked to them in India, Pakistan, UK, in the U.S., of course, where the majority of my authors come from, and other places over the world. I'm going to continue to do that. Met some wonderful people with people who write in all sorts of genres across the spectrum. We're going to put a link in our show notes to uh, where they can listen to your, to your shows, but uh, just audibly now, just share uh, where that website is for people to, uh, to find your, your radio shows. It's pjcmedia.net. Okay pjcmedia.net is, is where to go. And we can find all your books on Amazon, Parker J. Cole, just look her up and, and you'll find all the books. Uh, so you, let's get back to the books here. You say you, you discuss and you write about controversial topics. What is your objective when, you, when you're writing a book, you're trying to have some sort of impact on people's lives? Let us in on that. What are you thinking? I want to tell a good story at first. A lot of people don't want to be preached to. And the market, my target market that I currently write to are the shorter fiction readers who want something pleasant to read that isn't too difficult. But I don't shy away from controversial topics because Christians need to have an answer to different things. And I think fiction is probably the best vehicle to do that. Because in fiction, you can have a reader empathize with a character who may be dealing with some sort of issue. In my contemporary series called The Sins of the Flesh series, my main character reflected my own problems that I had with myself. She has self-hatred of herself. And a lot of it had to do with me being a heavy set 
woman. A lot of it had to do with that. I always used to feel incredibly ugly. Like I would look at some skinny woman and think she's better than me because she's skinny. So I dealt with self-hatred for a very long time and learning how to love yourself because Christ to love you. That was something I had to learn. Now you may be saying, but I thought you knew the Lord. Yeah, but we all have places of we need help with. And these are some of my strongholds was appearances. And I'll never forget it happened about six years ago when I finally had a breakthrough, I was talking to a young lady at my church and I said something to the effect of, well, ugly as me, something like that. And she said, why are you saying that about yourself? And I kind of wanted to just, you know, push past the conversation, ignore, (laughs) ignore the man behind the curtain, (laughs) but she said, no, 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 no. And she stopped me. And I know the salvation message. I've been in church all my life. I know it, but she gave me the salvation message with two, uh, two salt shakers. And she said, how much you pay for this sauce shaker? I said, maybe five bucks. She said, Jesus paid $14 million for you or whatever number she used. And she said, because he thought you were beautiful. You were worth it. And I'm looking at her and I heard the salvation message for sinners. But I didn't think about it. it came to my appearance to being thought to be beautiful. And that's something that's just my stronghold. And that's just my stronghold, you know. And I said, huh, and I'm looking at her and was blown away. And that little thing on my shoulder started to crumble. And she said, beauty is not in the eye of the beholder. It's in the eye of the creator. And when she said that, I said, wow. And I think about my books. I create my books all the time and I think they're gorgeous. Some may be a little harder than others to bring through because you're bringing all these characters and plot points and conflict together. But every single one of them are beautiful. And if I feel that way about my stories, Imagine how the Lord feels about his creation. He said, he looked and he said, it was all good. Hmm. He sounded beautiful. And that just, I cannot tell you, that just just came off me. And this was a few years ago, gang. So I'm going to let you know, we're still arriving. I haven't arrived yet, but we're still <laughs> coming there. <laughs> well, you know, you talked about uh, knowing Christ, and that's what we're about here at Fresh Faith 24-7. And even Paul said, I want to know Christ. And if we think about Paul, well, Paul, you knew Christ. I mean, if there's anybody who knew Christ, it's you, Paul. Why are you saying you want to know Christ? Because it never ends. We just know him. We know him better. And that relationship grows, grow tighter and tighter with Jesus. And that's a lifelong journey for us. So I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. So what kind of responses are you getting from readers to your messages? I imagine you get some, if they're writing to you, you get some dialogues going, don't you? Well, I don't get too many dialogue. I can really only base it off the reviews I get. When I wrote my, what I call edgy Christian fiction, because I talk about some taboo subjects in that book, it's taboo for the Christian world, not necessarily for the mainstream world. And I'll talk about that maybe a little bit later. Um, One lady got back with me. I would never forget it because I had good reviews. People thought the books were crazy, but then look who's writing them. And so I said, because <laughs> uh, one of my books is called Many Strange Women. And I always say, many strange women written by one. <laughs> so so she contacted me and she said, your message about being beautiful. She said, I resonated with that. She said, Christ makes me beautiful. And that made my whole year, my whole life even, that someone could get that message from there. Now, some of my other stuff is a little bit more pleasant because of my target market, because I do write to a target market. Um, and those are the little sweeter um, ones. But my edge of Christian fiction do appeal to other people. And I don't shy away from it. I don't think we should. 
There's more coming up with Parker J. Cole, so hang on. The name of her podcast is The Right Stuff, W-R-I-T-E. She interviews Christian authors. If you want to check that out, and I'll have the link in our show notes. And of course, as we've been talking about uh, her uh, role as an author, her career, and I'll have a, a link to her website and way to access her books as well. We'll get more into her life and her story in a few minutes. And then she's going to talk about you. Yeah, we talked about you. <laughs> How can we get you to write the book that is in your heart and in your mind, but you can't get it on paper or even in your computer? So we'll talk about that and she'll exhort you a little bit. Uh, I do want to let you know that the book, Your 21 Day Fresh Faith Experience, is available. Okay, I've talked about that at freshfaith247.com and click on 21 Day. A number of topics I deal with. One is prayer. Did you know that Jesus prays for you? He does. Uh, and what I, I share something in, in this particular day on prayer and that topic. When you bring your prayer needs before the Father, Jesus is echoing those prayers to God too. Now, he might be phrasing them differently because he knows what's best for you, but that's an even greater benefit. And when you're in so much pain, you don't know how to pray, God has sent his Holy Spirit to pray the words for you. Romans 8.26 says, We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Be encouraged to know that you're covered in prayer by Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So that's just one excerpt out of the 21-Day Fresh Faith Experience that I want to deliver to you. It's digital. Go get it. Freshfaith247.com. Click on 21-Day. And now back to the interview with Parker J. Cole. And so uh, you've got two target markets, two types of novels that you're writing, I guess, kind of get, you go all in on one and then you need relief from that and you go to the other. Is that the way it is? So you just kind of have some balance in, in your own mind and life? And yeah. Yeah. And especially as I get older, not that I'm very old, but as I get older, you start to see that life isn't as black and white as you wish it were. It's so nuanced and there are many gray areas that only God can decipher. And so with that, sometimes I may write a little bit sweeter. Sometimes I may write a little bit more realistic. Uh, it depends on the mood. Uh, one book I'm working on right now, um, I have usually avoided, for example, racial tensions in the US, but this book called for me to address it in my own way. And I was sitting here going, hmm, why, this, why is this important right now? Why do I have to write about this right now? And it's because I have a message that I want people to know. And it's just coming out that way. <laughs> and usually I avoid it because I like to think of, uh, uh, we're all one big happy family, but not everybody thinks that. And yeah. it's just the God's honest truth. So this is my way of addressing it without getting on my soapbox or on my Facebook or on my Twitter, Instagram, and causing people just to respond to me, just to respond. Here's my book. Here's my fiction. Go ahead and read it. And you may get some of my thoughts. Some of the edgier topics uh, that you talk about in, in some of your uh, some of your fiction books, what, what are those and what type of reaction are you getting? So in my edgy Christian fiction book, which is my contemporary book, I've talked about uh, sexual deviancy. I've talked about that. So like porn addiction, um, visual stimulation, stuff like that. I've talked about that. I've also talked about having affairs. 
uh, people who cheat on each other, why that may happen. I've talked about lying and the effects of it and how it affects our children. I really explore those things in that book. I really explore those. I mean, that series, right? It's just three series. Uh, each series gets bigger and bigger because uh, <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a family and the family's nut jobby. What, what, uh, what series is that? It's called The Sins of the Flesh. Okay. okay. Yeah, and it's three books. Oh, I was going to say it. So the first book is called Many Strange Women. The second book is called The Other Man. And the third book is called Vengeful Vows. And I want to thank my publisher, Alexio Publishing, for taking a uh, stab on a new author when I wrote that book about 2013, 2014. Okay. That's when I wrote that book. And what was very interesting, and I'm just going to be honest with you, um, when I was sending out, the first book is an interracial uh, book, couple and a lot of publishers didn't want to uh, do that at the time i'm glad to say that it's changing now but at the time i didn't get a lot of publishers who wanted to have an interracial couple you know mm-hmm. uh which was really sad these are christian publishers which was really sad but it's okay you know like i said things change and now everyone's all you know talking diversity that's another thing i talk about diversity um yeah. stuff like that so let, let me ask you this is uh one who is you're putting out content all the time. You're either thinking about it or you're writing it or uh, you're, you're so much output. How do you keep your relationship with Christ fresh on the input side? You have to seek him. You have to seek him and what you're doing. You have to be about your devotions. You have to be about, and what I mean about your devotions, you have to keep that going because you write all the time. And it's so easy to let a writing schedule or deadline curb that. And I've done that before too. I, you're looking at the chick who has fallen many times. Okay? <laughs> like, oh Lord, you know, you do it three weeks. Oh, I got this going. And, oh, curveball. And then you get hit. Um, that's why I say, um, um, earlier this year, like I said, I made a really big boo-boo. I mean, it was not early this year, but last year. I mean, a big boo-boo, a big one. And it was a massive opportunity that I messed up. And the Lord said, want to come back? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, Lord, I'm crawling. <laughs> Take my skin. It's dripping from the wounds I've inflicted on myself. <laughs> yes, Lord, I'm crying. And I've cried for three to four days. Oh, and really? I remember I got into the scriptures once again. You know, I'm so glad the Lord didn't throw us out the door after the first time. But mm-hmm. once again, I got to the scriptures and I started reading the Old Testament and uh, I got to David and I said, David, I feel you on a whole new level right now. <laughs> you know? uh, so, yeah, you have to be uh, intentional with that. You have to be intentional. You have to be um, you have to. Even when you, and I have to say this because you, you want to be real. You know, there are times where you don't want to be bothered. You said, I don't want to be bothered. But the one thing you have said on my show, if I can, you know, bring that in, you know, once you start to get deeper and deeper with God, then that, that, that thing goes away. You know, it goes away. And you start to go, I need to know more. I want to eat this word. I want to drink it. I want to be with him every day. I want to be poured into his strength. I want to be in the presence of him, you know, and you start to get a deeper relationship with God. But that can be scary for some people. Let's admit it, because if you get into a deeper relationship with God, you start to realize how much he runs this and how we have to be in his will. So so tell tell us about that in your own life when you run into those those times. I mean, how do you respond to that? What are some of the wrestling matches you've gone through with the Lord? Well, one of the things that happened with my podcast, um, I got sick last year and I got sick when I came back from vacation. But during that time, I had experienced burnout, even though I did not recognize it as burnout. Mm -hmm. I started to be filled with doubts. 
you know, do you really want me to be doing this podcast? Does anyone really care what PJC has to say? Just all kind of doubts. Maybe I should stop it. No one wants to listen to this show, all this kind of stuff. And I have been podcasting 10 to 13 times a month because I do live shows. And I realized I was doing it on a routine. What's so interesting is I didn't know because I always get energized from my podcast. They energize me, you know. And then I got sick and it was like hitting a brick wall. And I said, I have to stop doing my podcast. And for the first time in how many years, the Lord says, stop. You know, and I said, but why would I stop? And I realized I needed a break, first of all. I need to know, is this what I really wanted to do? Because those kind of thoughts hit in your mind too. And then it was about three Three or four months later, um, I forgot I had some kind of function I had to podcast for. I forgot about it. And I did my podcast. And after the show, I started crying. And I said, this is what I was meant to do. And that was something I was worried about. Like, am I meant to be a podcaster? You know how you have these thoughts. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, yes, but you didn't know that. You were just doing a routine, a routine, a routine. That's how some of these authors that you should have been doing background checks on <laughs> got through to your show because you're just trying to get content, build content, create content, create content. And the Lord said, you may want to create content, but is it content he wants you to create? See, that's something else too. Sometimes when you're a content creator, you have to be mindful. Am I making content to get more followers, to build a platform or I'm making it because it's what the Lord wants me to do. Mm. And that's, um, so, and I'm so used to just doing it. I mean, I was working and doing it. You see what I'm saying? I, I don't work now, but I was working and doing this. So what do you mean stop? <laughs> but I had to stop. I took care of my health. I got a little bit healthier, lost some weight, um, um, spent time with my family. I was actually able to use those times to uh, spend the last few months with my grandmother who passed away in November. Uh, just a lot of things happened when I took a break. So how, how did you move from that burnout stage? Um, spiritually? I started to burn on stage was that I knew the Lord wanted me to do this. That was so reassuring that this is what he called me to do. And that was the reassurance. That was what gave, got me out of that burnout. But the Lord said, you, I don't want you to make this a routine. This has to be something where you connect with the authors. Cause I think one of the aspects of my show is that I read the person, person's book and I talk about them. I get in depth with them as much as possible. Um, some podcasters, they just want to have you on their show because again, you're just, giving them you giving to them by giving them content and then you ask a couple questions okay next one and I, I never like doing that I want to have a relationship with every author I have if possible and I'm not talking about you know let's go out to dinner every every Friday but <laughs> right. you know but just be on a, a working relationship with them yeah. and so I had to pull back in order to make those type of decisions and that's even better for me I may not podcast now I may podcast twice a month whereas I was doing 10 to 13 a month <laughs> So you're not, that helps, that helps the burnout, doesn't it? Just yeah. uh, by not doing it as much. And the thing yeah. is, I didn't know. That was the crazy part. I had no idea I was burnt out because I was so used to doing it. Well, I think there's so many of our listeners in that same boat. We, we just go through the routine of life and we continue to do what we've been doing and we don't see a way of escape. And you, you said, God made you stop. You literally could not do it anymore. Physically, you could not do the podcast anymore. And the world continued, your life continued, your family continued. Um. <laughs> yes. I remember when I realized I was getting sick, I was actually in the middle of a live podcast. And for the first time in my life, I fell asleep. It was a no. micro nap. It was a micro nap. 
I did like, I felt my eyes drifted and I woke up. Thank God the person was still talking. Yeah, that because... was me. That was me. <laughs> no, <not at> all. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> it was a, uh, the person was still talking because I said I fell asleep and I had never had that happen before. And then next day I had to go to ER. But I was sitting there like, why did I fa fall asleep in the middle of a show? I'd never done that before. And that was when I had, they said, your heart's okay. Thank God. But I had other things that went wrong. And I said, okay, I guess, I guess I gotta, <laughs> I gotta take care of myself now. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so for fresh faith, you, you know, to keep it on board, what we're talking about, sometimes God allows these things to happen so he can renew his relationship with us because his relationship is ever new with us. We're the ones who get, you know, uh, yeah, you know, we get stale if, if for the lack of a better term, not that God gets stale, but we get stale. Are there some passages of scripture you go back to some favorite books that like you say, I need that, that relationship renewed with the Lord. Are, are there some of those in your life? My favorite scripture in the whole Bible, it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. And for me, as a person who likes people, being alone was something I was terrified about. In 2020, I had a lot of things happen. But one of the things that happened was that I was by myself. At this time, I had separated from my husband at the time. And I was in my own house by myself. And then a pandemic happened and no one could go anywhere. And I was crawling up the walls. But there was that deep, deep fear of being by myself. I had no family. It was just me, thank God, and my dog before she passed away. And I didn't think I could do it. I was crying. Christmas was horrible. I mean, it was bad. It was really bad for me, who's a people person. And then I got sick early 2020. I got sick and I was by myself. And I remember I did not think I could be alone. And there was then I was alone. And the Lord drew me closer because he was with me. And when I got sick, there was no one in the house. It was just me and the dog. And I was shivering because I had the chills. I didn't have insurance at the time either. And so I remember feeling the lowest. I am so sorry. I remember feeling the lowest I had ever felt. And I remember I was fever. And I said, Lord, please help me. There's no one else here. And I woke up and the fever had broke because I was, you know, and I heard him say, I'm with you. And I was bawling. I cannot tell you. I couldn't stop crying because he heard me. Hmm. And then the other one was because I was by myself, uh, I started working on my health again. And me and my dog would go for a walk, a two-hour walk. It was around the time I quit my job, too. So go for a two-hour walk. And I went the furthest I ever gone, and I was really happy. And all of a sudden, a lady came out. She said, there's two pit bulls back there. They're at loose. And I said, really? I didn't see them when I was walking by. She said, I'm just letting you know. Do what you want. <laughs> so what I had to walk even further because I don't want to get mauled to death. I don't want this great accomplishment stunted by a mauling. You know, <laughs> so what happened? I ended up walking. And I remember thinking the whole universe, God controls the whole universe. And he remembered me. And I could have got mauled by dogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the Lord said, not today, sister, not today, child. And I was just, you know, so that's my favorite verse that behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. And no matter what happens, I'm not alone. And I didn't realize that because I always had someone with me. See, mm -hmm. and then 2020, there was no one but me, the dog and the Lord.
that was mm. it. And the Lord just renewed that relationship with him. So as I said, I have gone up and down, up mm. and down. And he still says, I love you. How's it going with your husband? Did you guys get back together? Or? We got back together and um, we had to work out a lot of things. Um, and we did. Fresh like- faith in real life. Folks, yes. we're talking about this and uh, I hope you're getting this from Parker. She's sharing really opening up here. You've been really transparent. And, um, you know, we, we live in a, in a real world and relationships, marriages, and, you know, life, death, and how does that play out in our relationship with Jesus? So uh, thanks for being so open on that. I want to ask you uh, to address something for listeners right now who have said, I really would like to write a book, but, and (laughs) speak to listeners in that situation. Earlier, I mentioned about the top reasons why people don't write a book. And statistically, 80% of people who start a book don't finish it. 10% do, and the other 10 were abducted by aliens. So (laughs) um, you want to be part of, of the statistic that finishes that book. Don't let the fact that you're scared stop you. We critique movies we don't like. We critique books we don't like, magazine articles, McDonald's, pop, Mm -hmm. salads. (laughs) We do it all the time. People put things out there for consumption. So don't let the fear that someone's going to ridicule your book stop you. I'm going to assure you something. Someone is not going to like your book. They can't stop you from writing it. You can go online and look, especially on Goodreads. Goodreads are Good reader, good read re- reviewers are very cruel. Okay. You can look online and see some of the low reviews I have. You'll feel better. It'll make you feel better. Like, whoa, that was really bad, Parker. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and guess what? Guess what? You, ha- you can still keep moving. For example, I have one author. She said, You never know what is on the other side of obedience. If you tell your story, maybe you want to write your memoirs, maybe you want to write a book about whatever, it doesn't matter. You don't know who's going to be blessed by you being obedient to the calling in your life. One lady uh, wrote a book called, um, she was a former prostitute slash sex worker. And she came onto my show and listening to her story was heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. But that story helps someone else. You don't know who's needed to hear your story. I mentioned about the young lady who reached out to me because that was something like me that she dealt with. And I thought I was the only one in the world who dealt with these type of insecurities. You know, um, you never know who can be blessed by your words. Words are quite healing. And I don't want to sound like a, a word of faith or, or anything like that, but words are powerful. So what can you, what world can you change with your words? You know, that's what you need to think about. Can my words affect just one person? Not to be millions, like, you know, J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or Janet Oakey or Ted Decker or whoever. It doesn't have to be that. You don't have to be them. One last question. How, how often do you write? I mean, what's your week look like? How many hours a week do you write? What's your schedule? I write every night. So I write between 11 or 10 o'clock to three in the morning. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, uh, especially since I stopped working, that's because my mind seems more active around that time. Uh, and as I get sleepier, the idea is more fluid and it really? gets better. It is so, cause your That's right so brain opposite. starts to go, your right <laughs> brain. Think about your right brain. When you dream, you dream with your right side of your brain. Yeah. And so if you're getting sleepier, it's so all of a sudden, you know, I've got butterflies shooting out electric arts. 
this is really good, you know. <laughs> and then in the morning, you look over, oh, why do I got butterflies shooting? <laughs> Electric arcs, we should probably get rid of that. Let's get rid of that right there. You know, but that's when I write. I write when the flow is good. For me, it's about 10 to 3 in the morning. That's memorable. And uh, again, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Well, that was an honest interview, wasn't it? Uh, Parker is so open. Before we go away from that, we don't want to just leave that interview and say, oh, that was nice. But what is the one big point? What is the one thing, the one takeaway that you have from this interview? Uh, I'll suggest one as I always do. And it's this, start or finish your book. (laughs) God will use you to touch lives. Start or finish your book. God will use you to touch lives. Do you feel exhorted? Been talking about this the whole show, right? The beginning, here's why you need to do it. Here's Parker talking about it. And then I just kind of finish it off and say, you got to get your book done. Do it. Do it. It'll be a great adventure. If you have any questions, email me, john at freshfaith247.com. I can encourage you. If I need to give you some steps to take, can help you in that way. I want you to be able to do that. Uh, you can also tweet me at John Fugler if you have a question. In fact, I'm collecting questions and comments from listeners. Uh, what did you think of my interview with Parker? What stands out? What's going on in your head right now? Um, did something hit home? Share that with me. I'd uh, love to share that with our listeners. And again, you can tweet me at John Fugler with that. And A bigger question is, I'm collecting some research from you. What do you think of this podcast? We've been doing this now for over a month. What are your thoughts? Actually, two months now. Started in December. What do you like? Uh, What don't you like? Do you have some suggestions? Help me shape this. Love to hear from you. You can email me, john at freshfaith247.com or tweet me at John Fugler. If you have any questions about fresh faith, about this intimate relationship with Jesus, please ask those too. I'd love to answer those on on the show. So I'm, I'm collecting your questions, collecting your comments, and every few shows I'll be introducing those, but I'm pulling them together right now. If you're on the edge of burnout, and Parker talked about that in her life, or your walk with Christ has, has just gotten dull, start on the road back with quality time with him. That is the first step. Come into the presence of Jesus. Turn everything off. Sit in your favorite quiet place and have time with Jesus. Uh, Pick up the word of God. Start reading through it. Go into prayer. and Yeah, take this 21-day fresh faith experience. If that's what you need to get you settled and focused, use that. Go get that at freshfaith247.com. That's a great way to reignite and restart a regular time with the Lord. That will save you from burnout. It will put life back into your relationship with Jesus, consistent time with him. So I would share that with you as we close. Well, next week, another guest, another topic, another theme, and I'll join you right back here.